Introduction of The Wonderful History of Peter Schlemil, The Man Who Lost His Shadow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mihai Borobocha. The Wonderful History of Peter Schlemil, The Man Who Lost His Shadow by Adelbert von Chamisso, translated by Frederick Henry Hedge, edited with introduction and notes by William R. Alger. Introduction It is over three quarters of a century since Chamisso published his romantic and symbolic story of Peter Schlemil, the man who lost his shadow. It was received with a general favor that gave it immediate celebrity. It has been translated into almost every modern language and has passed through so many editions that it is now fully established as one of the little classics of the world. It is so widely known, there are in current literature so many allusions to it, and it is freighted with so much interest and instruction that it has a good claim to be read by every educated person. The realistic power with which the tale is constructed the stereoscopic distinctness of the characters, the naturalness and consistency of the incidents, the wit and humor with which the pages abound, give the work an attractive charm amply sufficient of itself to carry the reader delightedly along from the beginning to the end. In addition to this, there is a bewitching mystery in the fundamental idea of the story. The narrative is a series of latent riddles loaded with enigmatical morals. Just what those morals are, it is somewhat difficult to explain. Perhaps the author intended to leave this aspect of his artistic creation wrapped in indefiniteness on purpose, to provoke the mental activity of his readers, that each one might get at the significance of the work for himself. It is well known that Goethe was in the habit of saying, when asked what he meant to teach by a particular poem or tale, that it had no definite didactic purpose. He declared that he wished to convey in it all that his readers could discover, either in the words or between the lines, and that he expected the result to be as varied as the talents and acquirements brought to the task of interpretation. No doubt, however, there will be many readers of The Strange Adventures of Peter Schlemil who will be glad to receive a little help in understanding the real meaning of the chief incident in the experience of the central personage, namely, the loss of his shadow. The critical reader will find that this artistic and weird narrative is at once a romantic idyll, an ethical apologue, a witty satire, and a philosophical parable. These points shall now be briefly shown, and later on, further elucidated in the notes. In the outset, it is quite obvious that the thought of the writer is not confined to the literal shadow itself. Deeper than this, and far more important, there is hidden a parallel spiritual significance. What is, then, the metaphorical moral correspondence of the physical shadow thrown by a human body when it intercepts the light? The reputation of a man among those familiar with him is the shadow cast by his character. 
This is the idea they entertain of him. When he goes to a foreign place, where he is a stranger, he carries no reputation. He has lost his moral shadow. The impervious ignorance prevalent concerning him there prevents the appearance of any adumbration of what he is. For where there is no light to be intercepted, no shadow can be thrown. Shadows are alike impossible in complete darkness and in universal radiance. It is because when a man is with his acquaintances, his character is partly known and partly unknown, has one aspect illuminated and one darkened, that he flings a shadow. This shadow is his social repute. But when he appears in a new place, where he is a total stranger, he no longer possesses this. And to be wholly without repute is to be unlike those around you. And to be unlike your fellows is to be cut off from sympathetic union with them, and to be regarded askance with suspicion and with fear. Hence the distress of Peter Schlemil. A more profound thought connected with the subject is that he who casts no shadow thereby proves that he is himself no substance. He who fronts the light with the background behind him and yet remains shadowless is transparent to the day. The day shines through him. He, therefore, cannot belong to the order of living men but must be some kind of supernatural or preternatural being. Accordingly, he is isolated from the wholesome class of normal creatures who shrink from the uncanny phenomenon with terror. Hence, again, the suffering and grief occasioned to Peter Schlemil by the loss of his shadow, which, although in itself it seems to be nothing, is still a sign indicative of much to those who can interpret it. But, after all, the principal lesson of the narrative is the lesson of the comparative value of things. As between spirit and matter, which is the enduring reality and which the elusive phantom? As between outward show and inward worth, which is the shadow and which the substance? In one passage of his work, Shamiso represents Peter as being much displeased with the company of persons who spoke seriously of trifles and triflingly of serious things. This is the keynote. Things are to be esteemed according to their genuine values, not according to their mere appearance. Peter himself practiced the inverse of this when he sold the companionable index of his personality for a copious supply of gold. And bitterly did he rue his folly for he soon learned that peace of mind and friendly communion with his fellow men on equal terms were the incomparable good of life, the veritable substance, whereof money was merely a hollow symbol. On the whole, then, the supreme lesson inculcated by the experience of Peter Schlemil is this. What a man is creates his reputation. His reputation is what other people think of him. That they should think well of him 
is one of the most important elements of his happiness. His social shadow is the projection of his personal character. This index may be mistaken or changed or taken away, but his genuine character is incommunicably his own property. Character cannot, like money, be indiscriminately exchanged among men. However its outward indications may be confused, however its conventional accomplishments may be altered or forfeited, it is itself the intrinsic reality, the invaluable solid. Therefore it must never be subordinated to anything else, nor its appropriate signal be bartered away for any seductive counterfeit. In most cases man is not what he thinks he is. In many cases, he is not what others think him. In every case, he is what God thinks him. The true desideratum is that he shall himself know just what he is and aspire to become what God would have him be. End of Introduction